Well, good morning, Courtright. Uh, my name is Justin Sitzma, and I'm on the pastoral staff here at Courtright Church. Uh, on this Good Friday morning, uh, we pause and we just really feel the weight of what we are commemorating today. I don't know about you, but somehow it just feels a little heavier this year. Somehow it just feels a little bit more raw and a little bit more uh, real. And yet, at the same time, it feels strangely more surreal. Um, from everything I can tell, I did a little bit of research and uh, there has never been anything like this. Uh, there's never been this over the course of the past almost two millennia. Uh, there's never been a global commitment to not gather during Holy Week to stop the spread of, of a virus or a pandemic. And it's hard, it's difficult to not be together. Uh, the beginning of this month marked my uh, one-year anniversary of joining uh, the Courtright community, and uh, particularly last year, Good Friday and Easter Sunday were very affecting for me because it felt like that weekend for me, there was just a, a shift in me. Um, it, it was, it was uh, just a moment where I was starting to heal uh, from some of the things that I had been processing and working through some of my mental health challenges, my depression. Um, and I just remember just experiencing this wash of, uh, of God just moving in me that weekend. It was even later uh, that day on Easter Sunday, we were driving to my, uh, my in-law's house for Easter dinner and my wife kind of looked at me and she said, um, she just remarked that she visibly noticed a, a change in my mood and in my countenance. And I was looking forward again to experiencing Easter and Good Friday uh, with my church community. So it's hard to not be together this weekend, and that's okay to say that out loud. But there is solidarity in being sequestered away, especially on Good Friday, where death feels a little closer than usual for some of us, where we might feel a little bit more prone to despair and to feelings of overwhelm. We might feel like hope is a little further away. And I don't say that to be melodramatic, but I do mean to help us ent to enter into this story in a new way. And I think this year it might lend itself to a little bit more of a visceral experiencing of the Good Friday story. And that's what I hope to do in the minutes ahead. So as we enter into Luke's telling of the story of Jesus's crucifixion and death, may we hear these words that are familiar to many of us in new and fresh ways. And may we just allow them to seep into our core selves. But before I go any further... Let me pray. Dear God, on a day like today where we reflect deeply on the weight of your sacrifice, the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual anguish that Jesus experienced, may you help us to hear these words like never before. Speak through your scriptures, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. 
So we're going to actually read the entirety of uh, Luke chapter 23. And uh, it's a long section. It's about 50 some odd verses. And um, normally we wouldn't read for that long, but there's something uh, I think really powerful about reading this story in its uh, in its entirety. And uh, I've actually been noticing a pretty cool trend on uh, social media, on Twitter. Uh, Facebook or Twitter where people will, will, will announce they're They're like, I'm going to go on, you know, live in five minutes and read the whole book of Galatians. Come and join me. And people just reading long sections of scripture. And it's a powerful and beautiful and good thing to do. And so at this point in, uh, in the uh, passion narrative, Jesus has been betrayed by Judas in the garden of Gethsemane. He's been disowned and uh, denied by Peter, and he's been brought before the religious leaders who then, at the beginning of Luke 23, they then bring him before Pontius Pilate and then Herod Antipas. So Luke 23. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You've said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at the time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an, in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and he said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting to the people to, re to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he has sent him back to us, as you can see, and he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into the prison, into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demands. He released the man who had been thrown into prison uh, for insurrection and murder, the one who they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. 
As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way uh, from, in the, from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who, had, who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come when they will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there. One on his, uh, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and, they, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he is saving others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar, and they said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And it was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun, for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the woman who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting to see the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The woman who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the, in, on the Sabbath in, in, in obedience to the commandments. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
there are so many moments worth recounting here, but today I'd like to explore just briefly three. The moment of the exchange, the moment of death, and the moment of burial. The moment of exchange is this seemingly inexplicable moment where the crowds demand that Jesus be taken in. Pilate is planning to just simply punish and release Jesus, but the crowds are unable to be satisfied and they keep crying out, crucify him, crucify him. You see, there is this tradition uh, over Passover uh, that a prisoner's sentence could be commuted and, uh, and, be, and the prisoner could be released. And they demanded uh, the prisoner by the name of Jesus Barabbas, so another Jesus, who was a violent and murderous uh, insurrectionist. And in verse 25, it kind of highlights this contrast. It says, he released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. So Pilate relents, and he caves into the crowds. Think about this scene for a moment. They release the guilty in exchange for the innocent, the one who healed the sick, the one who gave sight to the blind, the one who raised the dead, the one who liberates both body and soul, the one who gave fulfillment to Moses' law, the sinless and the holy one. He is the one that they punish. And in this historic event, there is deep symbolic significance for us today in that we are the guilty traded for the innocent. We are the guilty traded for the innocent. Though I doubt that many listeners uh, this morning are insurrectionists or murderers like Barabbas. At the same time, we have all cheated We've all lied, we've stolen, we've slandered and gossiped, we've disenfranchised the the marginalized, whether directly or indirectly. We've given ourselves over to lust and to greed, to selfishness and to pride. And especially in in these days, our idol of self-sufficiency and individualism has reared its ugly head because every act that we make right now shows whether we care more about ourselves or whether we care about the greater good of the world that we find ourselves in right now. In no way is it a stretch of the imagination when Paul says in Romans that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that Good Friday is not the end of the story, and yet we feel the weight of our own sin in a more real and profound way today. We are aware in a more intrinsic way our fallenness, our shortcomings, and we sit in that messiness, the messiness that is our human nature. And yet silently and willingly, Jesus, the Jesus who could call in an instant an army of angels He submitted to the will of the Father and exchanged himself for a murderer. We too today take part in this exchange. Our sins, they yell crucify louder than any mob ever could. And we move now to the moment of Jesus' crucifixion and death. 
One of the absolutely harrowing details about crucifixion uh, is that though there is this excruciating pain, obviously from the pierced hands and feet and the scourging and the beating, the most common way in which people died from crucifixion was asphyxiation, um, that the, the lungs were hyperextended and eventually they would just give out. Similarly, this is the most common way uh, that people are dying from COVID-19. I've heard doctors describe it, and it would be, uh, I believe, too graphic to share uh, in this sermon for the purposes of it. But all this is to say that there is just something gut-wrenching about the thought of, being, of the, the, the life of someone literally being choked out of them. And again, it just, it hits harder in light of everything going on around us. It just makes me more profoundly aware of what Jesus experienced and the, the physical toll, the physical anguish that Jesus went through. But more than the physical anguish that Jesus went through was the spiritual anguish of taking the weight of our sin on his shoulders. It was so much so that the gospel, according to Matthew, in his account, he cries out these words from Psalm 22. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Though we believe and rest in Jesus as the Son of God, there's this powerful moment where we get to see and observe Jesus' humanity here. There's not a, a whole lot that we can relate to Jesus about, but we can relate to him in these raw feelings of abandonment. And what follows next is really significant. As he commits his spirit to God the Father, people start seeing Jesus for who he truly is. The, century, the centurion, he's taken aback and he proclaims Jesus as a righteous man. The crowds, they beat their chests, which is a, a, an outward sign of repentance and sorrow and anguish. And his followers, particularly these faithful women who were uh, looking on, these, uh, they were by his side for so much of this. They were looking on, I'm sure, with uncertainty and fear and trepidation. The death of Jesus elicits a response out of us. It, it demands us to ask, who is this Jesus? We don't know for certain what was on the heart and mind of this centurion, but it seems that he had something of a conversion experience. He glorified God and he proclaimed the righteousness and the innocence of Jesus. One of the men next to Jesus that was being crucified, he defends him to the mocker and then he asks Jesus to remember him in the kingdom to come. And some, though certainly not all, uh, some of the people that were in the crowds that were yelling crucify him hours earlier saw what happened. They saw and, and they repented and were sorrowful of what they had done. And yet others continued to mock and others still disbelieved. And so I invite you as the listener to consider your response to Jesus, whether you've been a follower of Jesus for uh, most of your life and you're in your 70s, or whether you are a brand new Christian, or whether you don't even know what you believe. I want to invite you to consider your response to Jesus.
And now we move to the moment of burial. So there's this man, Joseph of Arimathea. He, w- he was a devout follower who was awaiting to see the kingdom of God unfold. And he took it upon himself to take down Jesus's body from the cross and he laid it in a tomb. And again, these wonderful, faithful women who uh, had been following Jesus since he had been in Galilee, they were right there alongside Joseph. They were preparing spices and perfumes for the involvement of Jesus's body. And then his body is laid in the tomb. And then a large stone is rolled over the tomb. And all of a sudden, hope feels far away. And God feels far away. And they wrestle with the goodness of God, the power of God, the love of God. And nearly 2,000 years later, we, we all have moments like this. We wrestle with fear and with doubt. We sometimes struggle to see the hope that faith can offer. And this morning, I don't want to offer glib or shallow answers to these questions because like the onlookers of Jesus' crucifixion, I want us to sit with it. I want us, for these next couple days, I want us to sit with the reality of the cross and the passion story. I want us to grapple with the weight of it. I want us to feel the fullness of this terrible and beautiful moment where love is met with violence and where punishment becomes peace, where the price of forgiveness of our sin is spiritual and physical pain. We are a people that likes to escape difficult feelings and emotions. It's natural, it's normal, it's what we do. But I wanna encourage us, especially in these days, to sit with them, to bring them to God and to see what he does with them, to taste and to see that God is good, to sit in hopeful expectation even in the face of death. And so we sit and wait We sit and wait to see what God does. The truth is we are all in this Good Friday moment. We are all waiting for the Spirit to call our names forth from the grave. And eventually, Jesus' followers, they retreated to their homes to prepare for Sabbath where they locked their doors and they sat as family and friends. And now we too, we sit in our homes awaiting a move of God. And I would invite us this morning to pray this simple prayer of expectation. It's only three words long. Come, Lord Jesus. Wherever you are this morning, would you pray that with me? Come, Lord Jesus. Would you stir our hearts towards you, Lord? Would you awaken us to the realities of hope? Would you give us the courage to dare to hope? Would you open us up to your grace and your forgiveness displayed in full at the cross? Would you give us the strength to endure these days at home when we yearn to be together and experience the life that you would have us live?
Would you show us the truth and the power of your gospel, the good news of Good Friday? Amen.